the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. As we come to this portion of 1 Corinthians, as I mentioned before, and as many of you know that have studied Corinthians or have read Corinthians or heard it read, Paul addresses a lot of carnality within the church of Corinth. But in the first nine verses of 1 Corinthians, the first thing that Paul does is he talks about who they are. Now again, I would remind you that this is not Paul speaking. This is literally God. This is the Holy Spirit through Paul speaking to the people of Corinth. And he knows, he knows better than Paul does, the depth of their problem. And you see, their problem is not so much about the enemy attacking. Their problem is not so much about the, the influence of the world. Their problem is with their choice to live in a man-centered, a flesh-centered way. You see, when we become Christians, we are literally made into spiritual beings. And this veil that we wear, this earth suit that we wear, is literally just a covering. While we are redeemed, the body is not. And it plays host to all kinds of things. But we are to yield the body in order that this new creation that God made us to be, that body can now become an extension, an expression of the new spirit within. That's how He made us to live. That is how we literally can enter into the abundant life. Unfortunately, many people don't understand that. And they come into Christ and they get recreated in truth and they become a new creation, but they still see themselves as a body with a spirit rather than the truth of a new spirit with an old body, an old sinful body. So they live to the body. Well, what does that mean? That means that this is my identity. That my goal in this life is the comfort of this body. That my desire towards God is what He can do for this body. That my appreciation and my perception of all of you have to do with what you present to me in the body. 
There's absolutely nothing that I take by faith when I live to the flesh. Because the flesh is a matter of evidence. It's a matter of the temporal. It's a matter of the seen. It's not a matter of the unseen. So I make my judgments according to the flesh. I make my plans according to the flesh. I live my life according to the flesh. And the the thing that I dread most is that the flesh might one day die or be inhibited from living what I have now defined as life. You see, this little church in Corinth, they didn't have a doctrinal problem, they had a flesh problem. They were trying to live the Christian life according to the flesh. They had taken everything that they had learned from Paul in those 18 months where Paul was was their pastor and literally shoved it into a box called, This is how the flesh lives with God. And spiritual life became a distortion. It became difficult. Now, God through Paul declares the truth over them because... As we will explore further, they were literally blinded by their flesh, deceived by this fleshly appearance. They become carnal, and again, that's fleshy. That's what that means. So that they were seeing themselves according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit. Now, God tells them through Paul, He says to them, You are consecrated and purified. And created holy in Christ Jesus. You have been selected by God Himself to be called saints. Now, wow! What a way to start a rebuke. It's unbelievable. It's as if God says to them, Look, before we go down this road, I want to give you a vision of how I see you. Because how you are currently seeing yourself isn't working. It's not giving you life, it's taking life. Let me tell you how I see you. So that you can change your paradigm for living. (laughs) Isn't it neat the way God disciplines the ones He loves? Isn't it incredible? Listen, I've experienced this. And you have too. Where your thinking gets set askew by the world or by circumstance or by situation that confronts you. And immediately you begin to enter into fear or self-protection. Immediately you begin to see things from a fleshly perspective. And God doesn't come behind you and go, Hey, look who's holding you together, brother. Have some faith. No. You know what He does? The gentle words of the Spirit of God. Hey, you are mine. Hey, I'm your protection. Hey, I'm your peace. Hey, I love you. Wow, I'll take that discipline any day. It's something I need to be reminded of. And you know what? The enemy thinks he's fighting God, but really he's working for him. The bottom line is that the enemy just provides scenario after scenario after scenario, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for God to show us he loves us. Isn't that cool? My friend Mike used to say, you know, the enemy spends a lot of time digging a pit, and he thinks he's digging a pit for you to fall but what is doing is he's creating a mountaintop for you to stand on with Christ. Isn't that the truth? 
Yeah, God through Paul declares the truth. He gives them his vision of them. He says, let me tell you what I know about you. You know, Jesus said the truth would set you free. Capital T, by the way. And as Christians, get this. As Christians, we are bound by the lies we choose to believe. When we live to the flesh and live to the flesh of others or the world, we're bound by a lie. To be carnal, which is to be fleshy, is to be bound by a lie. This is not the enemy tricking you. This is you making a choice to believe a lie rather than by faith believe the truth of God. That's what it is. Carnality is being bound by a lie. Today we're going to look at verses 10 through 17. And from verse 10 forward, Paul is dealing with these people's carnal behavior. And if you, again, if you've ever read the, uh, the book of Corinthians or heard it read, you see a lot of carnal behavior. Some that would rival even the carnality we see today and even exceed the carnality we see today in the modern church. I think the Corinth Fellowship was probably, arguably, the most carnal fellowship in Paul's day. How does that happen? I mean, Paul was their pastor for 18 months. The the deacons couldn't blame the pastor. I mean, how did it happen? Well, I think James gives us a clue. If you'll turn to James chapter 4, verse 1. James chapter 4, verse 1. And he says in there... What leads to strife, discord, and feuds? And how do conflicts, quarrels, and fighting originate among you? Do they not arise from your sensual desires that are ever warring in your bodily members? This is what's going on in carnal Christians. They're living to unredeemed flesh. That's what James is saying. And by doing so, they've incited a war within and without. They're living in a lie, believing that the flesh is who they are. That's the truth of it. They are living to the same appetites and desires the lost live to. Because if you live to the flesh... If you disregard the truth of your spiritual creation and live to the flesh, you're living exactly to what the lost are living to. They don't have anything else. So it's all about the body. Don't believe me? Go to the checkout stand at the grocery store and look to your right or left, depending on what side of the store you walk in. I'm not talking about the gum. I'm talking about all the periodicals that are up there and the absolute weirdness of what people were trying to do to create for themselves some sense of life and identity. But the body's all they got. They got to keep shaping it and molding it and recreating it and either feed it or starve it or somehow enhance it in order for them to feel alive. That's living to the flesh. And the truth is, there is no life in the flesh apart from biological existence. There is no life in the flesh. And everything that the flesh consumes becomes death for. That's the reality of it. Carnality denies the truth of who they are. Look at verse 4 in James of that same chapter. 
Look at what James says about them in verse 4. He says to him, You are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs with the world, and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Now look at this. James uses marriage as an illustration here. Why? Because marriage was created to illustrate union. God created marriage to illustrate union. And they have denied their union with God by trying to live in union with the world. Now that's carnality at its core. And you see a lot of it. So many people of God trying to work a compromise with the world, living to the world and living to God at the same time. It doesn't work. It creates a duality in you and it is a slow death. Carnality denies the truth of your union with God. In order to indulge carnality, you must deny who you are. That's the reality. There is no unity in carnality. Now, as we said before, there's a great deal of carnality that Paul has to address in that church, which he does over the next few chapters and throughout the book. But I want you to look at where the Spirit of God begins. Look at where the priority is. Look at verse 10 with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. But I urge you, urge and entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say, and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in your common understanding and in your opinions and judgments. Now, some of your translations may say, I beseech you, but the Greek word there literally means, I want to come alongside of you and help you. It's periklos. It's the same Greek word that they use for the Holy Spirit. Periklete is the root word, and what the word is, is saying is parakletos, Okay. And it means that Paul is not hammering them. He's not using a legalistic club to beat them into place, or at least the Spirit of God is not. Literally, the Spirit of God through Paul is saying, I'm trying to help you with this. I'm trying to help you with this. You have lost your way. Now, let me come alongside. I beseech you. I plead with you is the word. This is a pleading of love that shows a concern for God's people. And look at who the plea is on behalf of. By the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is saying in accordance to the will of Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling them, in accordance to the will of Christ, I plead with you. I beseech you. Now see what the Spirit of God is addressing first in this letter. He starts by telling them what the will of the Lord is, that all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say, and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you, that you be perfectly united in your common understanding and in your opinions and judgments. Look at the absolutes in that verse. There's no equivocation here. 
There's no maybe or you should or I'd kind of like it if you did. These are absolutes. And, it, and he says that you be in perfect harmony. Not, you know, can't we all just get along? But perfect harmony. Full. Doesn't say anything about just try to agree. Full agreement in what you say. And that there be how many dissensions and factions? None. No dissensions among you. Be perfectly united in your common understanding. All of these are absolutes. And here's the issue. The issue is unity. That's what Paul's addressing here. That's what the Spirit of God is addressing in this church. This is no small thing with God. Listen, unity is the protection and the keeping and the truth of the body of Christ. You look around you and you look at the nation. Look at our nation. There are people going ever which way, rallying about one cause or another. This group is in fear. This group is persecuted. This group is attacking. This You just look around you. If you can stomach it, watch the news. There are division after division after division, faction after faction after faction, and they're all running in different directions. And it's really disconcerting if you try to listen to it because you think, well, I should support or I should wrap myself around this cause or maybe that cause or that sounds logical. I'll wrap myself around that. Let me tell you something. You have no more insight into that situation after listening to the news and probably less than you did when you turned it on. How do I know? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you what God has called you to. There's a place where there should be no division, no faction, no separation, no argument. Where everybody who speaks would be of the same voice. There's a place of union. There is a point of union. Can you imagine where that would be? Can you imagine who that would be? This is what God has called them to. If Father God, if the Spirit of God were to embody a being and come down in, in, in light before them, and He could speak directly to them, which He is doing through the Scripture, He would say to them, look, don't wrap yourself around that. I don't mean you don't have to know what's going on. I don't mean that you, that you cannot be concerned about these things. I'm talking about the focus of your life. It should be Jesus at your point of unity. You see, in the body of Christ, where we separate, where we divide, where factions come about, is when one of us steps away from the truth of Jesus as our union. I use this in counseling all the time with married people. There's no such thing as a couple that gets along and, and agrees about everything. If there is, I haven't met them. Okay? And there's something wrong. Somebody's lying. But the reality of it is that you will disagree and you will not come together on every point. But there is a point of union for the married couple. Who put you in union? Where is your union based? Well, it's in Christ. So what I tell them is this. It doesn't matter how wrong one or the other is, if you want unity, come back to your point of union every time. 
And I'm telling the church, it doesn't matter how divided that church becomes, if you want unity, come back to your point of union. It's Jesus. And I'm telling the believer, in this world, there's only one place of balance. There's only one place of rightness. There's only one place of truth. You're going to have all kinds of things approach you that are going to be hard for you to understand, hard for you to balance, hard for you to embrace, hard for you to reconcile with your understanding, hard for you to approach, even with what you know about the Word of God. But there is a place where you can find rest and balance, and it is in Jesus alone, in Him alone. That is our resource. That is the truth of the abundant life that we have. That no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what this body does to us, no matter what the people around us say or do, we have a place where we can come and find rest and find affirmation and find love and find truth and find balance. And that place is Jesus. And you know what? Here's the cool thing. You don't have to go find Him. If you're the child of God, you're in union with Him. You're in union with balance. Just as in marriage, our point of union is Christ. If we determine to live in that truth, then there should be no division. In John 17, Jesus prays for His disciples and all that would be born again. I'm going to read that to you. If you go to John chapter 17, verses 21 and 23. And just for starts, just underline every time the word one is used. I want you to see the emphasis that Jesus places on unity here. Okay? Verse 21, he's praying to the Father, and he says, That they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, so that the world may believe and be convinced that you sent me. I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, in order that they may become one. And get this word, perfectly united. That the world may know and definitely recognize that you sent me, that you have loved them even as you have loved me. Where does the oneness originate? In Him. What is the prayer? That they may be one. Where is perfect oneness found? Is it found in doctrine? No. It's found in Jesus. It's found in Him. There's a oneness. There's a union that is our life. That we don't create. That He has already created in us. That He calls us to live to. It causes us to live as spiritual beings. With Christ at the center, with Christ as the context for our living life, for understanding, for, for knowing Him. And that is the purpose of the surroundings that we have about us. And God says, I have mapped out for you. In this life, I have made a plan for you. 
There are all kinds of things that, that you will encounter, some directly by my hand, all by my allowance. I know from beginning to end how your days are numbered and what they will be filled with. And for you to be able to understand abundant life, for you to be able to embrace all that I have for you in every step on that path, you must do it in the context of my union with you. Because apart from me, you will not understand. You will interpret it according to the flesh. And when you interpret life according to the flesh, your definitions become twisted. You become deceived. Your blessings become curses. That's not God's desire for you. You see, what Paul is is addressing in this church is not who's right or who's wrong in these dissensions and in these factions. What he's addressing and what he's saying to them is that, listen, guys... Come back to your point of union. What did you need to know? Who did you have to rally around? What cause did you have to support to enter into the fullness of Christ? Come back to your union. Come back to the truth of my life in you. Live to that truth. Quit living to this world. Quit living to the comforts of the flesh. Quit living to your own personal indulgences. Quit calling life as you define it, what you can gather with your hands or with your manipulations. Live to the truth, the blessings of Christ, who is your reward, your treasure, and the truth of what you should be living to. Live in the context of my love for you and life will be abundant, secure, and balanced. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.